As we know that Lagba Omer is mainly the yard site of Rabbi Shimon and also connected to the story of the students of Rabbi Akiva. So what I would like to do is go through various midrashim and gemaris on Rabbi Akiva and on Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi. Even though Rabbi Lagba Omer is mainly Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi's day, but we'll start with Rabbi Akiva as the teacher of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi and an earlier generation. Starting with a Gemara you have over here, for those who have the screen, you can look, there's a Gemara from Menachos, Daf Chavtes Amid Beis, 29b. And if anybody wants me to send this to you afterwards, you could request it. Um, he starts over, either ask myself or Rabbi Barber, and we'll be able to send it to you. He begins over here, in Menachos, Amarav Bishosh Olam Meishel Amorim. When Meishel Rabbeinu went up to heaven, and he finds Hashem, Kaisher Kisarim Laosius. He finds Hashem tying um, crowns on the letters. Amar Lefan of Rabbeinu Shalom Lamimakiv Ayotcha. What do you need these crowns? On the letters in the Sefer Torah, you have crowns. Who needs it? Amar Loi. Hashem tells Meishel Rabbeinu, Adam Echad Yesh. There's going to be a man. There's going to be a man many generations down the track. Akiva ben Yosef Shmei. His name will be Akiva ben Yosef. Rabbi Akiva will have piles of halachas on every single stroke in the Sefer Torah. If you have a letter with three strokes, five strokes, according to the different customs, every little stroke, Rabbi Akiva will have mountains of halachas. Amar lefanav samayshar abeinu says Hashem ribeinu shalaylam had ehu li show him to me. Amar lois Hashem tells him chazor lachirecha turn around. Holach v'yashav b'seif shmeina shuris. Meishar abeinu comes to a shiur. Rabbi Akiva is giving a shiur, and Meishar abeinu is eight rows behind. V'leihayoyideya mahein oimrim. There the shiur was so deep. Meisha Rabbeinu has no clue what's going on. Here we have Meisha gave the Torah went through Meisha Rabbeinu. Rabbi Akiva is giving a shir in Torah, and Meisha Rabbeinu doesn't know what's going on. Tashash Koycha, he feels weak. You know, Kivin Shigia Ledavar Echad. They came to a certain point. Amru Leitamida, his students asked him, Rabbi Minayin Lecha, how do you know this? Amar Lahen, so Meisha Rabbeinu tells the students, this is. This was given over from Meisha Rabbeinu on Har Sinai. As soon as Meisha Rabbeinu hears this, he calms down and he realizes that even though Rabbi Akiva understands the Torah far deeper than him, I actually just saw there's a Medrash as well that brings similar to this, that uh, the Medrash says that... Um, also, uh, Rabbi Akiva came to all sorts of depth in Torah that Meishar Abenu never came to. Um, just, I don't see it this second. Yeah, here, that's right here. The Medrash Rabbah Parsh Bamidbar says, Devarim Shalein Nizgalun L'Meishar Abenu Nizgalun L'Rabbi Akiva. There were secrets of Torah that were not given over to Meishar Abenu. And we're given over to Rabbi Akiva. So Meish Rabbeinu sees this 
Amar Lefan of Meish Rabbeinu says, Rebbeinu Shalaylam, master of the world, Yesh Lecha Adam Kozeh, you have a person of such a high caliber. If you have a person of such a high caliber, you're giving the Torah through me? Amar Loi Hashem says to Meish Rabbeinu, Shtoik, keep quiet, Kach Allah B'machshav Alefanei. This is what I decided. Amar Lefanov Meish Rabbeinu says to him, Rebbeinu Shalaylam, Hidisani Teirasai, you showed me his Torah? Hareini Shorei, show me his reward. This amazing personality, Rabbi Akiva, what's going to be his final reward? Amar Loi Hashem tells him, Chazor L'achirecha, Turn around, and he saw that they are um, scraping his flesh, I mean, selling his flesh. Meish Rabbeinu was cruel, killed with a very cruel death. And Rabbi Akiva, correction, Rabbi Akiva was cruel with a, killed with a very cruel death. Amar Lefanov sa Hashem. Meish Rabbeinu says to Hashem, Is this the Torah and this is its reward? Such a great man who reaches the greatest heights of Torah, and this is his end. Amar Loi Hashem tells him, Shtoik, keep quiet. Kach Allah This is the way it was decided from Hashem's thought, and no explanations. Just another Gemara about the greatness of Rabbi Akiva. It's from Masechta Chagiga, where he has Tanu Rabbanan, Arba Nichnesu Bepardis. What does it mean, Nichnesu Bepardis? Rashi says, Alum Rakia Al Yidei Shem. There were four great tzaddikim who used the name of Hashem to go up to heaven. And they were Ben-Azai, Ben-Zoyma, Acher, and Elisha Ben-Avuya, and Rabbi Akiva. Three out of four of them had a miserable end from it. Ben-Azai hates its umais. He looked and saw things that he shouldn't have seen. He died from it. And all of of Eimer, about him it says, Yakor Beine Hashem It's very valuable in the eyes of Hashem, the death of the Hasidim. So Ben Azai, from the high spiritual level, he worked towards, died from it. Ben Zayma hates its Vinifka. He was in emotionally, he was into, he went uh, crazy. And there's a Pasuk on this also, how the consequence for Ben Zayma, Acher Kitzitz Benekis, Acher went away, Elisha Ben Avuya went away from Yiddishkeit from it, and Rabakiva Yotza Bisholim. And Rabakiva went out peacefully. And it actually mentions that why Rabbi Akiva went out peacefully. It says, because Nichnas Bisholim Viyotza Bisholim. He entered. It's mentioned that Rabbi Akiva entered Bisholim. He entered with a purpose of connection to Hashem, not for personal motives. Rabbi Akiva was on a far higher level than all these others. The page further in Gemara Chagiga, it says, V'yaf Rabbi Akiva Bikshu Malachei Hashores L'doichlei. The Malachim wanted to give Rabbi Akiva the same kind of end as the other three. You've gone too high. Amar lohem HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says to these angels, Hanichu l'zokein zeh, leave this zokein. Zokein, of course, is literally an old man, but zokein is a sage. Zokein zeshekana chachma. Sheroi lehishtamesh bekveidi. He is deserving of usage, of, of benefiting from my honor. Another uh, Gemara on Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is Kadshalei Brate de Kalba Savua. Rabbi Akiva married the daughter of Kalba Savua. The Gemara in the Dorim doesn't give the details. There's a Gemara in Ksubis that says 
that Rachel, the daughter of, Bas, of Kalba Savua, saw that Rabbi Akiva had amazing talents, and she said that if he goes to learn Torah, she would marry him. Anyway, Shama Kalba Savua, Kalba Savua, her, just to mention on the name Kalba Savua. This Kalba Savua was a wealthy man. He was one of the three people who promised to support the entire city of Yerushalayim in the time of the famine, shortly before the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. He was called Kalba Savua. And if you walked, Kalba's Miloshin Kelev, a dog, Savua satisfied. If anybody walked into his house hungry like a dog, he would enter uh, satisfied because Rabbi Kalba Savua would look after everyone. Adre Hanoa Mikol Nichse. He made a vow that he can't have any benefit from all his assets. He put a vow, he said, Kalba Savua didn't want to have any dealings with this shepherd. Rabbi Akiva was a shepherd, he was very disappointed. Vin she married him in the autumn, and it was cold. They were sleeping in the straw, they didn't have any decent bedding. Rabbi Akiva was taking the straw out of his hair. Omar Lord, Rabbi Akiva said to his wife, Rachel, if I would have money, I would give you a jewelry called a Yerushalayim Shalzov, which eventually, as we're soon going to see in this Gemara, Rabbi Akiva eventually struck it very rich. After over 24 years of terrible poverty, Rabbi Akiva became one of the wealthiest people, and he ended up giving his wife this Yerushalayim Shalzov, this amazing piece of jewelry. Asa Elio, Elio Anavi came, Idma Lahim Kianosha, he looked like a human being. Vikakari Abava, and he called at the door. Omar Lahu, and this man, which is really a Leon Navi, says, Havunli Purta de Tivna, give me a little bit of straw. The Yaldis Itsi, my wife had a baby. The Leslie Midam Laguna, I have nothing to lie. I don't have anything to cover the baby with. Omar Lada Makiva Lintasay, Rabakiva tells his wife, Rachel, Hazi, you see, we're not so poor. This guy's got even less than us. At least we have some straw. Gavro, we got this person, he doesn't even have straw, which this was just in Leo Novi to make them feel good. His wife said to him, go learn in yeshiva. The reason I married you, I want you to learn and become a Talmud Chacham. He went for 12 years to Rebbe Lezner Rebbe Yeshua. We're soon going to see another Gemara how first he went to learn Aleph base together with his son, because Rabbi Akiva had a son from a previous marriage, and he went to Cheder together with his son. They were in sitting grade one together. If that's the meaning of Abba Yisrael Nassim, we'll soon see. If anybody has questions, you're welcome to unmute yourself and ask. He came home. He walked to the house. He hears from right behind the house. A certain wicked guy is saying to his wife, shop it over that book. Your father did the right thing by disinheriting you. Number one, he's not similar to you. He a, your whole shidduch wasn't suitable. And furthermore, he left you like a living widow, in all these years. She said to him, if he would listen to me, I wish he would stay in yeshiva another 12 years. So Rabbi Kiva was right outside the door. He hears that his wife says, 
I wish I would, he would stay in yeshiva another 12 years. Amar, he said, since she gave me permission, he went back. I'm going to turn around. Without even saying hello, he turned around. He went and stayed another 12 years in yeshiva. Said Akiva was away from his wife for 24 years. Asa, he arrived back with 24,000 students. Everybody came to greet this great sage. She also came towards him. This wicked person says, Where are you going? She said, The tzaddik will recognize his behemoth. He will know her and therefore he will identify her. She came to meet him. The Rabbanon didn't want to let him come close. Amar Lahain, he said to these Rabbanon, to these students, leave her. my and your who is hers. All the Torah that I have learned is all in her merit. Shama Kalba Savua, Kalba Savua heard that Rabbi Akiva came. He came to be Matur From the simple Gemara here, it seems that Kalba Savua heard that it's Rabbi Akiva, his son in law. Elsewhere, I've seen that Kalba Savoah just regretted his vow in any case, and he came to be Matur Neder, and he asks Rabbi Akiva um, if, uh, what, about, what if he could be Matur Neder, and Rabbi Akiva asks him, what if you would have known that your son-in-law would learn a little bit, would be a bit of time, he said, I would have thought he would master a Pasuk Chumash, I would never have made the vow. So then Rabbi Akiva tells him that it's him, and he obviously would never have made the vow, and they were Matur the Neder. Minshit mili i'ater Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva became very rich eventually from six things. Rabbi Akiva eventually, even after the terrible years of poverty, Rabbi Akiva became one of the wealthiest people. Number one was min kalba savua from kalba savua. Number two was min eila disfinosa from eila disfinosa. Just going to go to the get the Rashi. What exactly is eila disfinosa? We have a Rashi right here. The eila disfinosa. He says over here, they would make they would make this. So they had some area, some hidden place in the ship where they would put their treasure, a treasure. So Rabbi Akiva found a broken ship and there was a treasure inside the ship. That was, so the first source was of his wealth was Kalba Samoa. The second source is from a treasure that was hidden inside a ship. The third source was, uh, one second, the second still, the Cholsvinos Avinle Min Eino, they made the Zemnazim Nechada, Anshe Al Kafiyama, they left the ship on the edge of the sea. Ashkechei, that he found it and he found the treasure inside the ship. Also, Min Guza, from this Guza, from another treasure, the Zim Nechad, Yoiv Arba Zuzin Lisfanoi, he gave four Zuz to some boat people. Amarlu Aisili Midam, go find me something. I want to buy something for four Zuz. Vilayashkahu, they didn't find anything. And Laguza al Kaif Yama, they only found some Guza. They found some item. Rashi should say exactly what was this item they found. So they found an item, Teva, they found a box. There was a closed box which they bought for four Zuz. And they brought Rabbi Akiva this box.
he found the box in the end it turned out that the box was filled with gold coin one time there was a ship that drowned and all their treasures were hidden in that box and it was found okay this was all from this amazing treasure so so far we have uh, the first one, the Rabbi Akiva becomes rich from six different places. The first thing is from Kalba Savoa, his father-in-law. The second one is from this treasure, this set-aside treasure in the ship. The third is that there was a box in the ship which they had put uh, all the uh, money that they had for this, uh, for their business and the, the ship. And they brought him this box which they bought him for four zoos. Uh, we're now, we're, so far we mentioned three sources of Rabbi Akiva's wealth. Uh, the next source will, will be Omin Matrunisa. The next source is that there was a very wealthy woman from whom he became rich. And Rashi gives us the story in detail of the Matrunisa. Rashi gives us a detailed story. Omin Matrunisa, Rashi says, Shepamas has they needed a lot of money for yeshiva. So Rabbi Akiva went to borrow money. We got to borrow money. We got to make the budget for yeshiva. They sent Rabbi Akiva to a certain wealthy woman. Rabbi Akiva borrowed a lot of money from this woman. She gave him the money. She says, who will guarantee Shatifralina's man kavua? How do I know you'll pay in time? Amar Lossi says, Misha Tirza, who would you like to guarantee? Amra Loisa, she said to him, I would like the guarantee to be Hakadish Borachu Bahayam. I would like Hashem and the sea to guarantee the money. Shahayabesa al Swas Hayam. Her house was at the edge of the sea. I want God and the sea to guarantee. Amar Lord Abakiva and Abakiva says, okay. I accept it. Kain yia, that'll be so. Shigiyazman, when the day came of payment, Abakiva. Abakiva was sick. He had the money. But he couldn't bring the money. This wealthy woman came to the end of the sea. And she said, Master of the world, it is revealed and known before you. I trusted you and the sea to pay the money. I trusted you would pay the money and the sea would take care of it. I trusted my money. I want you to give me the money back. You and the sea have to give back. The princess, the daughter of the Roman Caesar, suddenly went crazy. She went into his treasury. She took a treasure. Vizarka Layam, a whole treasure she put in the sea, Vishlicha Layam, and she threw it into the sea. Vishlicha Yam Lepesach Besa Shalisa Matronisa. The sea carried the treasure from Rome all the way to this house of this wealthy woman. The Mediterranean Sea made a special delivery. Vinatlasa, and she took the treasure. Turned out there was just enough money to pay the debt. Ulacharzman, Havi, and Lanabakiva Hamami, and Abakiva paid the money. And he says, he apologized to Rabbi Akiva. I'm sorry I didn't pay in time. 
Shechalisi, I was sick, it's not my fault. You can keep the whole money. The money came in time. You said that God and the sea guarantee, and they paid up. She told him the whole story. She gave him good, great gifts. And she sent him in peace. So far, we mentioned four out of the six sources how Rabbi Akiva eventually became very wealthy. The first one was from Kalba Savoa, his father-in-law, who was Matur Neder. The second one was from this treasure inside this ship that he found. The third one was that he gave them, the ship people, to buy something, and they bought some box, which looked worthless, and he found the treasure inside. The fourth is from the Matronisa, from the wealthy woman. And now we go back to the Gemara, uh, how Rabbi Akiva got rich. Then fifth one is Umin Ishtai Shel Turnus Rufus, from the wife of Turnus Rufus. Turnus Rufus was an anti-Semitic Roman governor who would give Rabbi Akiva a lot of trouble. Now, how does Rabbi Akiva get wealthy from her? Uh, Rashi brings us Adain Echad Shashmai Rufus. There was a Roman whose name was Rufus by a Mefatbeit B'Divrei Torah Keneged Rabbi Akiva. He would debate Rabbi Akiva with Torah, and he was a big intellectual, and he thought he would embarrass Rabbi Akiva. Every time they had a debate, Rabbi Akiva would win the debate. This this became very embarrassed. I'm a brilliant man, and I can't win against Rabbi Akiva. He told his wife how embarrassed I am that I can't win debates against Rabbi Akiva. She said, I will convince him and I will cause him to stumble. I will make Rabbi Akiva do a terrible sin. And through this, all of his big philosophies will all be disproven if he can't even control his temptation. She was very good looking. The Ran, Rabbi Nunisim brings that she got permission from her husband to tempt Rabbi Akiva, Bosa Esli, she came to Rabbi Akiva, Vigilsa Shaika Kenegde, she uncovered her shaykh, her foot in front of Rabbi Akiva. Verok Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva spit, Vishsochak, and then he laughed, Ubacha, and he cried. So these were Rabbi Akiva's three responses spit, laughing, and crying. Amra Loi, so this Mrs. Rufus says, Madua, Sisa Kane, why do you do this? Amr Loi, he told her, two of them, I will tell you, this that I spit, you are such a beautiful woman, you come from a smelly drop, you're so into your beauty, you come from nothing. I cried, your amazing beauty is going to rot away like all other bodies rot away. Why I laughed, he didn't want to tell her. Now, according to the Ran, he never told her. According to this Rashi, he did tell her. She begged him till he told her in the future he sees that she will convert and become Jewish. And she will marry him. So she asked him, is it possible for a person like me to do teshuva after all the terrible things my husband and I have done? He says, hey, yes, it is possible to do teshuva after her husband died, she converted and she became Jewish. 
and she became very committed to Yiddishkeit. Venisus and eventually she married Rabbi Akiva. and she brought a lot of money. The last of the ways that Rabbi Akiva got sick is from uh, go back to the Gemara. The last of the six things how Rabbi Akiva got rich. There was a Roman senator called Ktia Barsholim. Uh, we don't have the details of this here, but Ashi just tells us to look in for Ketiyah Barsholim, to look in Mesechta Avedizare, Daf Yud. I didn't copy Mesechta Avedizare, but I do have one right here, which I will just uh, read to you briefly what it says in Mesechta Avedizare, Daf Yud, the story of Ketiyah Barsholim and how Rabbi Akiva got rich. The story is that there was a Roman Caesar who hated the Jewish people. And he asks his senators, somebody has a disease in his foot, should he cut the foot off and live? Or should he leave it and be in pain? So they said, cut it off. Not, maybe it's a finger, whatever, he wants to cut off. So Ketiyabar Shalim, and he means that he wants that, that the Jewish people, are, the existence of Jewish people are causing him pain. He wants to get rid of them. So Ketiyabar Shalim says, number one, you won't be able to destroy them because the Jewish people are spread out like the four uh, corners, like the four winds. Just like the world can't last without four directions, the world can't last without the Jewish people. And also, if you destroy the Jewish people, you'll have a bad reputation. So he tells about the Caesar tells him, what you're saying, everything you say is correct. However, because you want to debate against the king, we are going to throw you to a communia, which is a, we're buried alive. The, for winning a debate against the king, you get buried alive. As this Ketiyah Bar Sholem is being taken to his death, um, he, uh, there was a woman, a certain woman who said, woe to the ship who goes without paying the tax, which means that this Ketiyah Bar Sholem, he gave his life, he's giving his life to save the Jewish people, and he never joined the Jews. He never made a bris. So what he did was he was being taken to his death, and he said, of all my assets, he was a very wealthy man. I'm giving all my wealth to Rabakiva and the other sages. In the end, they said that half went to Rabakiva and half went to the other sages. Actually, the name Ketia Bar Sholem, he got the name when he made the bris a few minutes before his death, Ketia is because in Aramaic he cut, he cut his foreskin, he made a bris, and Sholim to connect with the Jewish people, and that's why he got the name Ketia Bar Sholim, and the Gemara over there brings that even though he was a Roman senator, he has the highest level of Elam Abba. But this Ketia Bar Sholim, this is the sixth way where in the end Rabbi Akiva became very rich. Now, still one more thing on Rabbi Akiva. This is from Avis to Rabnosen, which is the earliest commentary on Pirkei Avis. In Pirkei Avis, Perak Aleph, it says, You should drink the words of the sages with thirst. Zed, Rabbi Akiva, he studied with great thirst. And he goes on to say, we're running a bit late, so I'm going to just read it a bit quicker. What was the beginning of Rabbi Akiva? They say, Rabbi Akiva, ben he was 40 years old, learned nothing. Rabbi Akiva was once sitting by a well, and there was a hole in a rock. 
Amar, he said, Mi chokak evenzu. Who drilled a hole through this rock? Amru, they said, isn't it the water? Because water fall on the rock every day, drip by drip. And that's how they made a hole. So they said in Abakiva, don't you know there's a pasuk avonim shachakumayim? Water drilled through the rock. Amaze, miyad, immediately Abakiva made a kalva chaymer. He said, if something as soft as water can make a hole in a rock, to words of Torah, which are hard like iron, certainly they can drill through my heart, which is only flesh and blood. So Rabbi Akiva went to study Torah. And here it says, he and his son went to Yeshiv, to Cheder together. And most, some people learn here, they both went to grade one, to prep, to foundation. He went to school with the kids together with his son. Amar Lai comes to the teacher and he says, Rabbi Lamdeini Toida, teach me Toida. So literally, we could learn that he didn't know the Aleph base. Achaz Rebakiva Benay Shaluach, Benay Benay Shaluach. Rebakiva was holding the board from one side, his son from the other side. Kosovoi Aleph base, he taught him Aleph base Velamda. Aleph Tav Velamda, whatever he taught him, he learned. He learned Aleph base till he learned Tedis Kainim. And he kept learning and learning till he learned. He came to Rabbi Lezer of Yeshua and he said, give me the reasons for the Mishnah. They said a halacha, why this is with an aleph, why this is with a beis. Anyway, actually I've seen in the Binyan Yeshua claims that it says that Akiva didn't know aleph beis. If he didn't know aleph beis, how did he know the Pasuk? So the Binyan Yeshua claims that he had some knowledge. He didn't know aleph beis, that he didn't know deeper meanings of aleph beis, the secrets of aleph beis. But anyway, Reb Shimon ben Lazar says a parable of what the story of Reb Akiva is about. And this is an amazing parable. There's a Satos who's a person who carves stones, who was carving stone in a mountain. One time he took the hatchet and he's standing on a mountain and he's banging little bits of stone. And people said, what are you doing? And he says, I'm taking, I want to get rid of this mountain. I want to throw the whole mountain into the Jordan River. So they look at him like a fool. They say to him, What are you going to knock out a whole mountain? This guy goes bit by bit. He cuts the chips, another bit of stone, another bit of stone. He came to a big rock. He went under this rock. He knocked it down. He ripped it out. He takes this big, massive rock and throws it into the Jordan River and goodbye mountain. He tells to the rock, you don't belong here. He takes this massive rock and moves it, and the mountain is no more. So Rabbi Akiva did the same to Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Yeshua, which means Rabbi Akiva asked, he came at the Aleph base level, and he asked such questions to Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yeshua that they weren't able to answer the depth of his questions. Rabbi Tarfin says, on you it says, a pasuk in those who extinguish the rivers, they took out the hidden things. Rabakiva took hidden things that no one else were able to find, and he brought them. Now, Rabakiva, the next part of Avis Nasan is about Rabakiva's terrible poverty. Every day he would bring a bundle of wood, half of it he would sell and have Parnassa, and half of it uh, he would use a miscashing, but I'm not sure. His name, he when he, his neighbor said, Akiva, you're destroying us with the smoke, sell it to us and take oil and learn from a candle. 
So he tells them I have many benefits from it. One is I learn and one is I, I'm able to learn with the light, I'm able to warm myself. And also the fact that the smoke, I, it won't let me sleep, so I have to sit and learn. So Nabakiva had the smoke which kept him up all night and therefore he was able to learn. The, the obvious that Abnasan goes on to say, Anybody who says the reason I didn't study Torah, I'm too poor at Akiva, causes him to lose his case. Because they're going to say you didn't learn. They say because we were poor and Akiva was much poorer than you. And he always learned. They say because of children, Akiva had sons and daughters and he still learned. But then he says because his wife, Rachel, merited. He was 40 years old. He hadn't learned Torah. He went 13 years to learn Torah publicly. By time he passed away from the world, he had tables of gold and silver until he went up to his bed with the, the ladders of gold. In the end, he was very rich. His wife went into the city with an ear shazov, an amazing jewelry. The student said, you're embarrassing us because we can't give this to our wives. So Rabbi Kiva said, my wife had amazing pain in achieving the Torah. She went through 24 hard years. Now, now we're moving to, at least for a few minutes, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai is one of the students of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 students that died between Pesach and Shavuos in the time of the Svira because they didn't have enough respect for each other. And then he went to Rabbi Seinu Shabbatarim and he taught five more students, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Mazar and Shamua, and from them came the whole Torah. Now, the Gemara in Shabbos, which starts with Rabbi Yehuda, but it's mostly about Rabbi Shimon, that Rabbi Yehuda, which is the famous Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Eloi, he's the Tana that's mentioned more in the Mishnah than any other Tana. He's also, there's an amazing Sicha that Rebbe, there's a Gemara that says about Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Eloi, that he and his students lived in terrible poverty. They would share coats. They would have few students wearing the same coat. And uh, the Rebbe speaks about Russian Jews who, uh, there's a Gemara that says Rabbi Yehuda, but Rabbi Eloi, his students were the highest level because they learned Torah with great difficulty. And the Rebbe compares this to Russian Jews who learned Torah under terrible conditions. Anyway, Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Eloi was given by the Romans the title, How come this is? Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shimon were once sitting and there was a fellow Yehuda Ben Gedim who was next to them. Rabbi Yehuda said, how wonderful was the action of this nation. They made markets, they made bridges, they made bathhouses. Rabbi Yaisi was quiet. Rabbi Shimon Yechai says, whatever they did, they did for themselves. They made markets to have zainis, to have immoral women. They made merchatzais, um, bathhouses, to be for in their own pleasure. They made bridges to take tolls. So Yehuda ben Gedim went and told these words over to the Romans. When the Romans heard this, they said, Yehuda, Yehuda ben Eloi, who spoke positively about the Romans, we will elevate him to a Hashemite position. And he became the Reish HaMedabrim B'chomachim, that whenever the Chachamim spoke, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda was always given first, out of respect for the Romans, because he spoke good about the Romans. Yaisi Shashasak, Yaisi, who was quiet, Yigalotzi will be exiled. Shimon, Shagina, Shimon, who spoke bad about the Romans, Yehoreg, he'll be put to death. And Azanhu, Brei, he and his son went, and Toshu, they hid in the Bay Midrasha. They hid in the Bay Smedrash, and every day his wife would bring him bread and a jug of water, and they would eat it. As the decree became worse, he said, 
that what if our wives won't be, the women won't be strong enough, they'll torture them and maybe they'll reveal our hiding place. So they left the shul and they went to hide in a cave. A miracle happened in Sachash Nisa, a miracle happened and they had bucks or carob and a well of water. They went, because they only had one set of clothing, they took off their clothing and sat up to the neck in sand and they would learn being totally covered in sand. Every day they would, uh, by davening time, they would get dressed and they would daven and then they would take off the clothing that it shouldn't get ruined. They sat 12 months in this cave until Leo Novi came, Moshe Leo, and stood at the opening of the cave and he said, who will tell Bar Yechai that the Roman Caesar has died and the decree to kill him is gone? They went out, when they went out, they saw there's some people plowing and planting. So he says, these people are leaving over Toyota, which has permanent value, and they're involved in earning money, which has temporary value. Because Rabbi Shimon was looking negatively at all those involved in earning a living, wherever Rabbi Shimon and his son Rabbi Lazar looked with their eye, it would burn, because they looked negatively on people who were involved in materialism. Yotza baskel v'omro lehem, a heavenly voice came out and said to Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon, l'hachri v'ilomi yitzasem, have you guys come out to destroy my world? Chizru limoraschem, return to your cave. Hodor ozu, they went back, esu tresa yarcheshata, they went for 12 months back to the cave, they said, the judgment of the wicked in Gehenemis for 12 months, for the damage we did 12 months is sufficient, a heavenly voice came out and said, go out of your cave. They went out and this time Rebbe Lazar was still looking at people critically and causing damage and then Rabbi Shimon would cure it. And Rabbi Shimon said, it is sufficient for the world, you and me. And Rabbi Shimon's attitude changed. His attitude was to try to find a positive in people. It was one Arab Shabbos. They saw an old man who was gathering two uh, hadasim, two myrtles, and running right at the end of Shabbos. And he asked, what do you need these two myrtles, these two hadasim for? So he said, we covered Shabbos. Why do you need two? He says, one for Zohar, one for Shomer. So Reb Shimon says to his son, Rebbe Lazar, look how much the Jewish people love mitzvahs, and they calm down. And Rabbi Shimon had a father-in-law, a Pinchas ben Yoyer. And a Pinchas ben Yoyer comes out to meet him, and he takes him to the bathhouse because he's Skin is all messed up, and he washed his flesh, and there was the special. There were pinli begufe, there were cracks in his flesh, and he would he uh, Pinchas Ben Yoyer cried from it, and his tears went, and they the, the salt of the tears hurt the Shimon, and Reb Shimon was in terrible pain. So the Pinchas Ben Yoyer, the shver, the father-in-law says, how terrible that I see you with such suffering. So Rabbi Shimon tells his shver, his father-in-law. On the contrary, you are lucky that you saw me in this situation. Because if you didn't see me in this situation, you would never have found me to have so advanced in Torah. Because earlier, before Rabbi Shimon and his son Rabbi Lazar were in the cave, when Rabbi Shimon and Yechoi would ask a question, Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoyer would give 12 answers. At the end, when Rabbi Pinchas ben Yoyer asked a question, Rabbi Shimon and Yechoi gave 24 answers. So you see that Rabbi Shimon's over the 12 or 13 years in the cave, his level of Torah went up tremendously. 
Reb Shimon said, because I had a miracle, let me try to do something constructive for people. It says, It says about Yaakov, Sholem Begufa, Yaakov arrived after 20 years in the house of Lovan, complete in his body, Sholem B'mameinei, financially solid, Sholem B'tayrasi, complete in his Torah, he camped at the face of the city, and he did something to help the people of the city. There's three opinions, what did Yaakov Avinu do to help the people of the city? And if Yaakov Avinu arrived in good, after a hard situation, and he wants to help the people, Rabbi Shimon felt he should also help human beings, Yidin. Rav says, he set up currency for them. Shmuel says he set up markets. Rabbi Yechonon says he set up merkasois, bathhouses, that's all about Yaakov Avinu. So Rabbi Shimon Yechoi asked, is there anything that needs fixing? So they said there is a place which is a suffix tumah, there's a doubt of impurity, and Kainim are not allowed to be where there's a dead body, and they have to go around it. So he asks, is there anybody who knows certainly at any point that it was pure here and it was fine. So a certain Saba, great a sage says, over here, Ben Zakai cut Turma Sitruma, Ben Zakai cut Truma here, which means he considered a tar. So he also did this and wherever it was hard, he checked the land and wherever the land was hard, he declared it to be tar, pure, and wherever the land was soft, he marked it, that this is where the grave is. Amar Husabo, one old man, one sage said, Tier ben Yechoi beis ben Yechoi took a cemetery and allowed Kainim to go. So Rabbi Shimon was very critical of this person. He says, if you wouldn't have been with us, or even if you would have been with us, if you weren't part of the vote, then you were right. But you were with us, and you were part of the vote. You were outvoted. You didn't like my heter, but you, were, you voted with us, and you were outvoted. So the people say the Zainis uh, look after each other. Don't protect each other. You were part of a vote. You were outvoted. How do you criticize? So Rav Shema looked at him negatively, and he died. And then he went out to the street, and he saw Yehuda ben Gedim, and he says, is this person still around? He put his eyes on him, and he made him into a pile of bones. Another medrash I, I copied here about Rav Shema there's a story about a Maise, but this is from a Medrash Rabbo. Uh, I have to get the reference for it, but Maise Betalmid Echod, I think it's Medrash Shmais Perak Nun Beis Gimel. Maise Betalmid Echod, there was a student of Rabshim Yechoi, Shayotzan Luchutzlot. He left Israel, he went outside, he went to some other country, to Australia, wherever. Uba Asher, he came back a rich man. Why say the students see all the students out of Shimon Yechai are poor? This guy who went overseas came back rich. They were all jealous of him. They also want to go leave Israel and go to some other country where you strike it rich. Rav Shimon knows that all the students want to go. He took him to a valley right outside Meiron. He lived then in Meiron. And he says, Bika, bika, valley, valley, mili dinrizov, get filled with golden coins. The valley started filling with golden coins. He says, you guys want gold? You don't have to go overseas to get gold. I got plenty of gold as much as you like, take. However, you guys should know that whoever takes now is taking his chaylek in oilam haba, because the reward of Torah is only in oilam haba. Okay, 
We are running late. I want to just tell one last story, uh, which I want to tell about Abshimim Bayechoi. And this is connected to yesterday's Hayyim Yoyim. Yesterday's Hayyim Yoyim mentions that the Mittler Rebbe used to go out in the field on Lagbaimer, and there were many miracles, especially concerning people having children. I know that based on that, people came to the Rebbe for brachas for children on Lagbaimer regularly, and many, many people had amazing brachas on Lagbaimer. I know that I personally have a cousin who's a shliach in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, a brother of Mrs. Schusterman, who didn't have children for many years, and he and his wife went to the Rebbe on Lag Ba'imer, and they met the Rebbe outside the mikveh with the Rebbe before or after, and they asked, the, they asked for a bracha for children, the Rebbe gave them three dollars, and they had triplets that year. Just to tell you one story which was just printed this week, and then I want to tell you a story about Abshim and Yechai, which is brought in the references of Ayayim Yoyim. But they just had in this week's, um, one of the publications this week they had, a story told by Alter Bukit, who was with me in Yeshiva, who told over that uh, one year that they made, the, the, pe- the people were disturbing the Rebbe right before the parade. So it was Tafshin Memdalad that they said that anybody who wants to get a bracha from the Rebbe for children or anything else should go to the Rebbe's house not to disturb the parade. So people at the Rebbe's house, there were hundreds of people and they had the like keeping order and Alter Bukit was given the job of being by the Rebbe's car to close the door to help the Rebbe leave into the car. He's about to close the door of the car and suddenly a guy with a shtrimel and a satmer closet pushes his way into the car and asks the Rebbe for a bracha for children. He's been married for many years and the Rebbe gives him a bracha for a child. And then the Rebbe tells him, your child is not gonna have a playmate. So he doesn't know what the Rebbe's talking about. So the Rebbe says, Zagamein. He doesn't know what's going on. The Rebbe tells him, no, Zagamein, Zagamein. Finally, after three times, he says, Amen. Anyway, Alter Bukit doesn't know the end of the story. Fifteen years later, on a five o'clock in the morning, Alter Bukit is a shliach in Lexington, Massachusetts. It was his father's yard site, so he went to the oil. He went to the, his father's buried near the Rebbe in the oil. He left Lexington at midnight to get to the oil at five o'clock to be by the oil, and then he meets the Satmer Chassid with two children, and they, they finish Maimah and he tells him to say the Maimah. And these two Satmer Abachim, Bar Mitzvah boys, both say of twins, say this mimer. He meets him afterwards and he asks him, what's this? He tells him, the Satman Achasa said, this is the Rebbe's kinder. It was in Lag Baimer. I went to the Rebbe and the Rebbe gave me this bracha. The Rebbe told me I would have a child and the Rebbe told me the child needs a playmate. I didn't understand what he wanted. The Rebbe told me three times, Amen. I said, Amen, and two years later I had twins. So Alter Bukit mentions to him that he was the one at the car who actually closed the door of the car and he heard the Rebbe give this bracha to him. Now, in the Hayyim Yoyim, there's Ha'ores from Michal Zelikson, and Michal Zelikson brings why Dafke is Lagba'imer connected to brachas for children. So he brings an amazing Medrash Rabbah. The Medrash Rabbah brings, there was a couple that didn't have children for 10 years. And the halacha is, if you don't have children 10 years, you either have to marry another wife or get divorced. It seemed that either he didn't want to marry another wife and she didn't want another woman, whatever it was, they decided to get divorced. They came to Rav Shimon and they said they want to get divorced. And Rav Shimon said, no problem, but just like when you get married, you made a whole party, you should get divorced, make a whole suda, a big reception, have times, and then you'll do the midst of getting divorced because you're married 10 years and you didn't have children. 
So they make this big celebration. They have a lot of lechaims, and the husband has a whole lot of lechaims, and he has too many. He falls asleep drunk, and the wife, and he tells her before he goes to sleep, he says, you know, we had a wonderful marriage. Take your, the best thing you have in the house, any item you want, take home with you. And he falls asleep. She takes, tells the servants, take my husband's bed, lift it up, and take it to my father's house. The guy wakes up. He's in his, her father's house. He says, what am I doing here? So she says, you told me to take the most valuable item to my father's house. You're the most valuable item, so I brought you here. They heard this, and they really, they decided that they don't really want to get divorced. And the commentary on the Medrash brings that either he decided that he'd rather have another wife than get divorced, or she decided that she would be earlier. She didn't want to be with another wife. She'd rather get divorced, but she decided that she'd rather stay married. Whatever they came to the Shimon, and they said they want to get married, and he'll marry another wife. They want to stay married. So the Shimon says, good, but before he marries another wife, he wants the first daven for them. He davened for them, and she became pregnant, and she had a child. And it turns out, why? In the schus that this couple developed earlier, their love for each other was a bit weak. But because of this sauda, they developed an amazing love for each other. And in this schus, the Shimon was able to manage a tefillah and cause them to have children. And in that schus, in the schus of their love for each other, they were able to have children without bringing another woman between them. Just one more thing I mentioned last Wednesday, I mentioned that uh, the Bnei Yisachar quotes from the Zayar, why we light bonfires on Lag Ba'imer, because on the Lag Ba'imer that Rabbi Shimon died, uh, there was, he was giving a shear, it's mentioned in Zayar Parshas Hazinu, a very long shear, and he told the people that this is going to be a long shear, going to go on and on. By the way, I'm not going on and on, I'm stopping in a minute. But Reb Shimon went on and on for many hours, and he said, the day is in my control. It's not going to get dark till we finish the shear. If you look in Zayar Hazinu, you'll see how long that shear was. Take a, take a few months to learn what they did in a few hours. And um, that's why we have bonfires on Lag Baimer, because Reb Shimon Yechai extended the light on Lag Baimer. So in that merit, we have bonfires where we increase light. One more thing that the Gemara says that Reb Shimon said, that Yechelani lifted his kalayla min adin, I can exempt the whole world from judgment, together with my son Rebbe Lazar, and together with Yosem ben Uziyo, which is a whole discussion for another shir, why Yosem ben Uziyo, but it's already, it says in the schus of Zahar, it says in Zahar, Baha'i chibur adilah, yifkum because of this book of Zahar, people will leave exile with rachamim, so by study of Pneumius HaToyrah, will bring the coming of Mashiach, so we should merit the coming of Mashiach straight away. I would